Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Um, Give me a wave, all the mums in the room. Who got breakfast in bed this morning? I got a cup of tea from my 15-year-old son. That is a miracle. Everybody say amen. His dad has taught him well. Uh, A big welcome to everybody online as well. I'm normally on there chatting and connecting to you, but I'm up here today. So if I haven't met you before, my name is Ka, and I'm married to a man named Matthew, and we have four amazing sons. I've got a picture to show you. I don't normally show pictures because I figure most people will know who we are, but maybe people online or people that are new don't know. So that's my brood. Um, And I even have a boy dog. So I'm severely outnumbered. And I I tell you that so you give me a sympathy vote this morning and and are extra nice to me. And happy Mother's Day to me, I reckon. Um, But I want to share with you this morning around faith. And I hope I say some things today that are just great. (laughs) And then I might say some things today that we look back on one day and go, what were we thinking? Well, I just pray that whatever is true and whatever is a real representation of God's heart for your life, whatever is helpful in moving you forward with your journey with God would stick and would go deep in your spirit and start to do what it needs to do. And whatever is not would just fall away. But I really hope to encourage in you this morning the small yes. I want to encourage the small yes because that small yes, when met with the activating power of Holy Spirit, has the potential to grow into something that is established and life-giving and evidence of a good God at work in our lives. We've been in a really interesting season as a church and COVID has just bubbled a lot of change to the surface. And so there's been a lot of movement, a lot of shifting and not just in the church, but all over the world. But we really sense that God is doing something new within us and within the church at large and we're attentive to it. We want to engage with it. We want to flow with it. Um, and in this season of change, I've had this, this thought come to my mind that I wanted to wrap some words around and share it in opening this morning around the topic of faith. And it's simply this. It takes no courage, no wisdom, no vision, and no faith to judge the journey of a fully grown tree. To comment on its twists and turns and light and shade, to curse its seasons of barrenness and supposed death. For everything about that tree tells a story, shares a memory or bears a lesson. It's a life made up of moments to be observed and respected and learned from. What did take faith was sowing that seed that is now a tree, not knowing how things would turn out. It takes faith to tend to the soil and weather the storms and guard and honour something that you merely sense, but you cannot see. Something you know has the potential to bring heaven to earth and see his kingdom come. Jesus, help me to use my life to be a sower of seed and not a critic of trees. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for, and it is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Faith is a sense and a conviction 
that regardless of what the natural looks like, regardless of what my circumstances look like, regardless of the situation that I find myself in, faith senses and has a conviction that a good God is at work and is doing something good within my life and within the lives of those that we love. And maybe like me this morning, when, it, when you hear the word faith, you immediately see the guy on the mountaintop with the, you know, with the success hiking pose and maybe the cat on the poster holding on or maybe someone in sweaty gym gear pumping those muscles and flexing those muscles. And, and I get it because faith is something that we need that's going to help us get through the big challenges and the big trials. I understand that connection, but I think God's challenging in me that faith is not just the big leaps. Faith is also just the small steps. Faith is not just needed for the big moments in life. It's actually the small yes that leans into the Spirit of God in my every day and in my every decisions. Faith is a seed that we sow. In Luke 17 verse 5, the apostles say to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. The Lord answered, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Now, I don't know why you'd want to uproot a mulberry tree, but if you had faith, even the size of a mustard seed. And when Jesus talks to his disciples about faith, they ask him this question in other passages as well, when they're like, why couldn't we heal them? You know, how do we increase our faith? And he he uses representations like the mustard seed and yeast, something that would start small, but when activated, has the potential to grow into something significant. And I see faith as a seed today, something that is a gift to you and a gift to me. And when sown and grown and activated in our lives, goes far beyond how it began. I see faith as being the key to seeing his kingdom established here on earth. I see faith as what fills the gap between what I see now and what is yet to be revealed. Matthew 13, 31, here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds. It was then, they've discovered smaller since, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and the birds come and make nests in its branches. And so if faith is such a critical key, if faith is such a critical component, component, and it's not just a critical key to get the result that we want, faith is a critical key to enjoy this journey called life. <laughs> because it's not very often that everything looks the way that we want it and desire it to look. So if faith is such a critical key to enjoy this journey called life. Let's encourage ourselves this morning around a few things that relate to cultivating Faith. Number one this morning, faith and control are not friends. Faith and control are not friends. Any control freak friends out there? Give me a holler. Liars. <laughs> Imagine sowing a seed and then digging it up every day to check on its progress. Can you see how that would sabotage and that would destroy the very process that is at work? Faith is trust through uncertainty. Faith is surrender to the process that is at work in our lives. I see this as incredible, kind leadership on God's behalf, that He would include rest and trust as part of the growth journey. 
Isn't it incredibly kind and loving that God doesn't leave it all up to us to conjure up and make up this amazing whatever we're praying for and believing for? Don't you see that as incredible kindness that God says, you do what you can do. You be faithful to do what you need to do. And then I'm going to meet you with my power. Let's activate this thing and see what it can grow into. Parenting is a great practice for this. Maddie and I are constantly learning and unlearning how to parent. You know those helicopter parents that they talk about in a negative context? Well, that was me. I was definitely the Ned Flanders that would come through the hedge and go disappear back into the hedge. The kids would be bouncing on the trampoline and then it'd be, oh, mum, where did you come from? And I'm like, I'm always here. I hear everything. I see everything. My little one still thinks that I literally know everything. And then we had four and I can't control everything even if I wanted to. I am severely outnumbered. Our youngest one is five tomorrow. He turns five tomorrow and his name's Asher. There's a little photo um, gonna go up of Asher as well. And this was Asher, this was art class during COVID. <laughs> and it megaly got out of control. We had a lot of trampoline classes simply because I did not know what else to do with Asher. But um, Asher is the one that broke us. Asher is the one that tipped us over the edge. We had everything sorted. Life was going well. And then Asher came and has changed the script completely. I was going away for a friend's birthday a couple of weeks ago and I had a beautiful friend babysitting just in the gap between me leaving and Matt coming home. And I'm an hour and a half away now and I get this phone call from her phone, but it's my 10-year-old son, Judah. And he says, Mum, we have a problem, but it's probably best if I show you. And I'm like, I'm an hour and a half away. There's nothing I can do. And so he puts the phone on FaceTime and pans it across the room. And Asher has just trashed the house. There's Monopoly game everywhere. There's, I can see fake money spread everywhere and the games everywhere and the pieces are everywhere. And he's squealing, running back and forward in the background um, of delight, not anger. He just thinks this is the most funny thing he could possibly do. And the beautiful babysitter's like, I promise it's fine. It looks worse than what it is. You know, it's one of those movie moments where you're like, oh my goodness, back home is not going well. Asher is the kid who in the car, we have a minivan, he'll sit in the back row. I'm driving on the highway. I must hold his shoes for safekeeping. I must, even though I'm driving. And so he'll take his shoes off in the back row and pass them to me, um, to the driver's seat, throw them at me while I'm driving on the highway. Are you worried? I feel like you're all very quiet. <laughs> I know. Happy Mother's Day to me. I'm lucky to be alive. Honestly. We, uh, we had this renovation project that we'd been saving for and took years, literally years for us to apply for the right permissions, to get the finance, to engage builders. Like it was such a long process and something we were holding out for. And eventually we got there. It started with the COVID lockdown and it just got finished in December. So this thing is fresh. This is fresh renovation. You know, I finally got something nice on my house, this crisp white render on the front of the house. And it is, it's beautiful. It's the nicest it's ever going to look because it's new. 
Asher is in prep and he's learning to write his name. And so (laughs) I think he assumed the beautiful new white house was a great canvas uh, to rehearse this and he found permanent Nico. And he has written across the front of my brand new rendered house, Asher. (laughs) Oh, the builders are probably in the room like crying. I remember one time we were at Dreamworld and there's like the water park section. If anyone knows Dreamworld, there's a big section where there's a bucket that fills up with water and tips over and the slides are quite high. Like they're they're kids rides, but they're quite high. And um, Asher decides... I'm going to go on it. I'm brave enough. And so my 15-year-old takes him up there and he's thinking, do I put him down first and then meet him, you know, go after him in case he doesn't go or do I go first and meet him at the bottom? So the guy wouldn't let them go tandem and he puts Asher on the slide and pushes him off. Well, Asher gets around the first bend and I'm on the ground looking up and I just see two little hands (laughs) on the side of the slide and I'm like, oh, no. And then he's standing up, looking like this, going, Mom, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, sit down. Like, sit down. You are going to fall. I'm thinking, please do not put your leg over the side and try and come to me. And so they had to turn the water off of the whole park. We tried for 10 minutes to get him down. The guy had to turn all the water off and walk up and... He, you know, this little kid expresses his position passionately and publicly. And you know that stage that you get to in life when you realise your parents didn't really know what they were doing? You know, when you're a kid and you think they know everything and then you hit an age where you're like, oh no, you were bluffing. <laughs> you were making this up as you go. Yeah, well, my 15-year-old is there. He looks at me sideways like, you do not have control of this situation, do you? And the simple answer is No. <laughs> We do not, but we are trying. We're doing the best with what we've got. And I've got to trust that if I'm faithful and attentive and intentional to do what I know to do and learn what I don't know, that God will meet me where I'm at and He will do something good. (laughs) I have to believe that He is working in their lives as much as he's working in my life. Future, pa- future partners of my kids, we tried. <laughs> the outcome is uncertain. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know if we're good at this. I don't know if we're rubbish at this. I just know we're doing the best with what's in our hands today. We're faithful to sow it. We're faithful to show up. We're faithful to do what we know and learn what we don't. And then we say, Holy Spirit, would you meet us here? Would you meet us here? Because the alternative is I try and control and contain every situation and then I'm exhausted and frustrated and unsuccessful. Peace is a promise He keeps with us. We've got to stay engaged with that peace. We've got to stay connected to that peace. Peace doesn't leave us from God's side. I think we walk away from it because we're too desperate to dig up the seed and check that something good is happening. No, when we've been faithful to sow, then we trust and we rest. God, you got this. And I trust that you're doing something good. Secondly, this morning, know your season. Know your season. Does anybody here suffer from garden envy? (laughs) Where's Mikey? I heard you laugh. I live with it. 
I live with garden envy. We live next door to avid gardeners. Now, you know them as the Noonans. To us, (laughs) they're the gardening neighbours. And most people would be polite and keep their precious garden hidden behind them but we have a battle axe block and so my driveway goes past their beautiful garden every time I come home and every time I leave the house and it mocks me and every time I look over and I see them digging and cutting and fluffing the plants whatever they do I'm inside and I'm like right boys get outside (laughs) we're weeding And we don't know what we're weeding. We're just pulling stuff out, hoping that we're pulling out good stuff. Look over at them like, us too. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Did you see their pretty garden? Did it go up? This is their beautiful garden. Isn't that lovely? There's a few photos there. They've got things for fragrance. They've got finger limes and mulberries and passion fruit vines. They've got sandstone, lots of things. But 15 years ago, it looked like this. And we'll show the other slides. 15 years ago, they bought their property and it began as a blank slate. And over 15 years, they've tended to the soil. They've planted seed. They've weathered storms. They've lost plants and replaced them. They've trimmed back in winter and enjoyed their flowers and their spring Uh, their flowers and their fruit in the spring and the summer. And I can look over that fence and admire and envy and stomp my feet at Matt, (laughs) all that I want. It's not going to activate growth in my own garden. And the same goes for our faith. I can look at someone's established faith and go, I want that for me. But that doesn't activate growth in my own life. Only taking my small yes to Jesus every day in the quiet places and saying, Father, would you meet me here? Only that is going to activate growth of faith in my own life. Comparison is the enemy to growth. If we consider the journey of faith similar to the journey of a seed, what happens? We receive seed as a gift. We surrender it to the soil. Somewhere in the dark, unseen places, it's broken open. And then it's activated and it starts to grow. And after some time, we see a vulnerable little sprout. Then after some time, we see a sturdy plant. And then after days and days of the sun going up and the sun going down, of storms and flood and drought and seasons of winter and summer and spring and autumn, we see an established tree. And if our faith is much the same, then we have to understand that there's seasons our faith journey will go through. There will be seasons of the unseen. There will be seasons of the uncertain. There will be seasons of the underdeveloped and the under pressure. Don't compare gardens, just grow your own. Don't compare your season of unseen to someone else's season of harvest. They've probably done a lot of day in and day out to get there. Let's just focus on growing our own faith. And thirdly, this morning, faith for the journey and not for the result. Have you ever asked yourself, what is faith really for? I mean, what's the actual purpose of it? Is it honestly just a Christian formula 
to get our current needs and wants met? Is that all it really is? Or could this gift of faith, when sown and activated and growing one day, become a place of shade and shelter and life for someone who is still generations away? Maybe we are too short-sighted when it comes to faith. I read a lot of parenting blogs and listen to a lot of podcasts and you can see why I need it. And I read this great one the other day that was talking about how to raise kids that have a true confidence. And they were using the example of when a child brings you a picture that they've drawn or something that they've created, instead of merely saying, wow, you're an artist, that's the best picture I've ever seen, which is probably what my go-to would have been, which is fine. But they said, take notice and celebrate the journey that child went on to actually get that result. Take a moment and notice and say, I noticed how much time you spent on that. It was really good to see, you know, that you could sit there still for that long and do that. Or I love the colours that you chose. You know, why did you choose those colours? Are they colours that you love? And what the writer was trying to do is say, as parents, celebrate and highlight the process because it's going to build confidence in our kids that's not result-based. It's going to teach our kids to honour and enjoy the journey that got them there. Maybe as Aussies, we're not great at this. I feel like other cultures do this better. But sometimes as Aussies, we're not great generational thinkers. And I think what God is transforming in you every single day is not just for the here and now. Man, I think it's going to bring light and shade and colour and life and fruit and harvest for generations that are yet to come. Hebrews 11 is an incredible account of long-sighted faith and I'll summarise to get through some of these examples. It says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see and through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave his home. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and too old. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future of his sons. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently, these people of Israel will leave Egypt. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for months, for three months when he was born. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as if it was dry ground. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed in the city with others who refused to obey God. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. Listen, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, 
yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Could it be that the seeds of faith that we sow today will bring harvest and life for generations to come? It's not a results-based program. Faith is about on earth as it is in heaven. Faith is about seeing His kingdom established here on earth, one seed of faith sown and grown at a time. That my surrender and my connection to the One who created me and is transforming me every day with every small yes and every small step. That my joy would not be based in circumstance and situation, but based on the fact that I'm in partnership with Holy Spirit who says you've been faithful, you've done what you know to do. Now rest and trust that I'm at work, that I'm working all things together for good and that I'm making all things new. And a bit like that seed underground, I see faith as what's going on in here, in the hidden places of my heart and my spirit. And what happens above the surface is circumstantial. It's not always seasons and storms that I can predict and control, but I can look after and cultivate and protect what is going on in here. Holy Spirit, activate that small yes and do what only You can do. Let me pray for you this morning. More than anything, Father, I pray today would remind us that even if that yes within our spirit feels faint and small, God, it is all that you need. Father, I pray that all over this place today, your people afresh would say yes. That they would say yes to all that you are and all that you've designed and destined for their life. Father, take our eyes off the instant and the now. Give us long-sighted vision, I pray, as your church. Lord, that we would understand that everything that happens in our life is not purely just for us and our family, but God, you're working a really big picture together and we get to partner with it. There's a really big story being written here. There's a really big story at play and we get to partner with it. Lord, let our joy not be found in the results of our prayers, but God, the journey of partnering with Holy Spirit in our everyday. In Jesus' Name we pray. Amen.